When Wendy and I um, were living in North Carolina for a few years while I was getting my PhD, one of the things, I missed a lot of things about New England, but one of the things I really missed was um, valley corn, right? Is that this time of year, you know, Pioneer Valley corn is the is the best corn, and we would and this yes, <laughs> right, yes, give give corn a hand. <laughs> and you know, in New England, this time of year, normally uh, our gardens, uh, you know, things stop growing, and so we harvest. Uh, but there's one difference, and that is, and this is another difference between the South and the North, is that in New England. Uh, Generally, in autumn, that's for churches. That's our growing season. That's when we uh, tend to folks come back from vacation. Uh, lots of our ministries kick off. It's just so in New England, like autumn is, is uh, growing season. Yes, it's harvest, but it's also growing season. And it is with us too. I mean, one of the reasons that we have so many announcements is because it's the fall and so many things are starting up and going on. And that's a, a wonderful thing. Um, but growth in numbers, okay, whether it's we have better attendance or, or growth in programs, these are all great things, but it needs to be from a place of spiritual growth, a place of Christ-likeness. Otherwise, the fruit that comes is short-lived, right? It's just here today and gone tomorrow. And if you've ever talked to a farmer, especially a farmer in the valley who uh, grows corn, a lot of times during the season, he'll just walk out into his field and he'll pull an ear of corn just randomly, right, off, off of the field, and he'll open it up and look at it and inspect it. He's examining the fruit to see, is it healthy? Is there something that needs to happen to this corn? Does it and also, he's looking for what's called corn smut. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's that gray, gross stuff, right? Some people um, even call it devil's corn, right? I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, it's different from the devil's lettuce. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but the thing is, is what, what I want to talk about today is likewise, if, if we want growth, if we want health, especially as we enter into this new season, uh, we need to assess ourselves. We need to stop and, and make sure are we growing in God's grace and, and look at the fruit that we're bearing, uh, even if it seems plentiful. Is it healthy? Is it sustainable? And the Apostle Paul, he, want, he urges something similar in the book of Galatians. That's our scripture reading today. It's taken from Galatians chapter 6. And of course, I want to give you the context of this passage. Um, but Galatians, it's a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church in a place called Galatia. And the church in Galatia had started to drift a bit from Paul's teaching, and that made him salty. So he writes this letter to kind of say... Um, what are you doing? You know, that I preach to you the gospel, the gospel that says that it's not our work that makes us right with God, but it's Jesus' work. His work on the cross, his atoning death on the cross is what gives us life. And they started to drift from that and start then focusing instead on, well, what do I need to do? Right, these tasks I need to do to somehow be right with God. And I think a verse that probably sums up all of Galatians, the whole book of Galatians, but especially the first four or five chapters, is uh, chapter 2, verse 16. 
It says this, it says, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law. So justified means made right with God, made, proclaimed just before God's eyes. A, a person's not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So after making it clear that the free gift of salvation is not based on what we do, but based on what Christ has done on the cross, then Paul moves into the fact that, okay, so don't pay attention to your works as if that saves you. Then in, in the ends of chapter, chapter Galatians 5 and 6, he starts to move into the territory of saying, all right, but if you are saved by grace through faith, that's going to result in a transformed life, a growing life in Christ. It's going to affect how we live, how we look at ourselves, how we look at the world, how we relate to one another. And that's where we come to Galatians chapter 6. And a part of it is, yes, look, that, that works don't save you, but it's important to stop and kind of look at the fruit, kind of take that ear of corn out of the field and see, what, is it healthy? And so that's what he's urging here in Galatians 6. So let's look at Galatians 6, verses 1 through 10. Uh, but first, we're going to take it in two chunks. First, verses 1 through 5. He says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing... He deceives himself, but let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself and alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Okay, what we see here is Paul is assuming a type of accountability in the church in Galatia, right? Because he says, hey, if someone's caught in a transgression, in other words, someone's like, oh, I done messed up, right? I've sinned. I've stepped away from God. Paul, that, that means there's an accountability there. And, and Paul says, all right, be careful. You don't, um, that although we're not made right with God by following the law, God does have a will. He does have a plan for our lives. And as Christ followers, what we're really trying to do is help one another grow towards Jesus, to help restore one another's relationship with Christ. And that's why it says, bear one another's burdens. Right? When we bear one another's burdens, what we're doing is saying, all right, I want to help you get closer to Jesus. And although we don't think of it this way, accountability is one of the ways that we bear one another's burdens. We do, because we're saying, I want you to be closer to Jesus, and I want to help you do that. The thing was, what the Galatians were doing is that they started to focus on the works instead of the grace. Even when it came to someone messed up, they would say, uh, I don't know if you can truly be restored. Yes, you're repenting, but uh, maybe you need to do some, you need to make up for that. Apostle Paul says that we don't care for. In the process of accountability, if your accountability turns into pride, then you're the one sinning. So restore such a one, because that's why Christ died. If you're not going to restore someone who's stepping back into, um, into following Jesus, you don't understand the gospel, and you don't understand humility that the gospel brings. And notice that that's one of the things that Paul points out. He says, 
in verse 3, right? Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. You know, bear one another's burdens. Then verse 3, for if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work. Because sometimes we can start to feel more righteous well, compared to other people. And so when they sort of come clean and, and they say, yeah, I've done wrong, we kind of want to hold that up a little bit. We want to pause because it makes us feel more righteous. But see, Paul says, oh, none of that, none of that. If someone is coming back, then you restore them because that's why Jesus died. And if we think we're something because we're comparing ourselves to other people, then our eyes are not on the right place. Our eyes need to be on Jesus. And when they're on Jesus, we understand that it is totally by his sacrifice that we're made right with him. Well, then, of course, if someone else has sinned, then, then they're made right by Christ as well. But see, oftentimes, if we keep our eyes, on, when it comes to accountability, we keep our eyes on other people's stuff instead of Jesus, we get prideful, and instead of restoring people, we're like, no, I think you need to be punished a little bit more. That's not the way of Jesus. We don't think that we're above others. We don't compare ourselves to other people. And Jesus, he told a parable about that. So, yeah, you're not all that. I'm not all that. And if we think we are, we're deceiving ourselves. We need grace as well. And that's why real accountability, okay, because accountability, yes, it helps us go to Christ. It, it's, it's a way to bear one another's burdens. Real accountability starts with self, right? Self-assessment. Account, uh, being, uh, uh, looking at our hearts and, and seeing that, you know, we answer to Christ. We examine ourselves to see where we're at because we answer to Christ, we don't compare ourselves to other people. See, that's how, if you notice in the scripture, it starts by saying, you know, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then it ends with, but each one must bear his own burden. Like, whoa, wait, does that contradict itself? No, it's that we're bearing one another's burdens. We're helping restore people. We're helping each other go to Christ, right? That's kind of accountability. That's restoration. But we also understand, no, I have to stand before Jesus. And all accountability starts with self-examination. Making sure, am I right with God? Jesus, he refers to this principle in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, right? He's talking to the Pharisees. He says, you hypocrites, first take the, the, pl the plank, the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You see, assessment, accountability also always starts with self. Self-assessment, self-accountability. Jesus is all about that, and I think that's what the Apostle Paul is doing here too. Do, do my thoughts, do my words, do my deeds reflect him? Are we growing in grace and salvation that Christ gave as a gift? Self-assessment. And when we examine ourselves, when that becomes a part of our, our spiritual practice, we end up becoming much more accepting when other people hold us accountable, right? When someone else points something out, if we are always assessing ourselves and someone says, I think you could have done this better, generally, like, you better believe I could have, right? I mean, I know that, right? We all know that, that if we're constantly assessing ourselves and we know our hearts, we're always seeing that, yeah, I fall so short, and that's what makes the Christian faith so rewarding, so refreshing, is that we know 
that, yes, we fall short. We need grace, and Christ gives grace in abundance. So we're always looking to him. We're always assuming that we need forgiveness, that we need replenishment, that we need the Spirit to move and work in us because if we're truly assessing ourselves, we see how we fall short every day. And then, of course, then that makes us much more willing to give grace to others, right, when they fall, when they don't live up to the standard, and then they say, you know what, I've messed up. Then we restore that one because we know we've been restored, that we need to be restored, and Christ restores us. So we need to be like that farmer who goes into the field, grabs an ear of corn, and looks at it and says, all right, is this, is this healthy? How is my spiritual fruit? How am I, how am I doing? Because accountability starts with self. And there's so many different ways to do that, right? To assess oneself. And I hope that it's a practice that you have all the time, but especially at least once a year, stepping back and saying, all right, um, let me look at my spiritual life and practices. Let me look at my fruit and, and, and see, right? Assess it like that farmer. Well, one of the uh, the things that we're going to do on Wednesday night, so we're starting a new Wednesday night um, study in, uh, on this Wednesday, 7 o'clock, is uh, what's called spiritual growth assessment process, right? See, I'm a, I'm a, a professor sometimes, and so I love assessments. <laughs> but assessments, this isn't a test, right? And there'll be some that you can grab afterwards. It's an assessment where basically it goes through various parts. It's a self-assessment. You're not handing it in to me. This is between you and God. But it's an assessment where you look at, all right, how am I abiding in Christ? Uh, how am I living in the Word? How am I praying in faith? Um, how am I fellowshipping with believers, witnessing to the world, ministering to others? And it helps us to say, all right, am, am I, how is my fruit going? And then as you look at that and, and spend time with God and saying, all right, God, how am I doing at this? Then it, it grows us closer to God. And there's a, a, well, anyways, in our Wednesday night, so you're not passing that in. I'm, I want everyone, I'd love everyone to do this, and so there's going to be plenty on the way out. And, but on Wednesday, we're going to be looking, all right, what does it mean to abide in Christ? Each one of these categories, uh, let's look at them, all right? So it's not like you're having to spill your answers to everyone, but it's just sort of guiding us in that process of saying, all right, I assume that I need to take the scriptures seriously and examine myself. And so this is a good opportunity uh, to do that. Because again, what do the scriptures say? What does this scripture say? Keep watch on yourself. It says, let each one test his own work. And I know for me, it's like, all right, Christ has given me such a wonderful gift, free gift of salvation. It's not based on my work. It's based on his. And he's given me so much forgiveness. He's filled me with his spirit. And I want to make sure that I'm living in all of that freedom. I'm living in all of that grace and power um, that he's given. And so I want to go into the field of my life, take out that ear of corn and, and look and say, all right, how is this year's crop? And every year is different, right? Every year is different. So that sometimes it, it's low on rain. Sometimes the soil gets um, drained and you need to put certain nutrients in it. And so just because, oh, one year, that's a good crop, doesn't necessarily mean the next year is the same. 
So that's why it's every year. Build this. Build into whether it's this assessment or some other thing. Build into the rhythm, the season of your life that, no, I'm going to step back and I'm going to look. I'm going to assess just like the Apostle Paul says. I'm going to examine these things. But it all must be under the umbrella of grace, right? The umbrella of grace. Because, again, the goal is to help us draw closer to Christ. The goal is to help one another draw closer to Christ. We bear one another's burdens, even though each one of us is uh, responsible for our own walk with Christ. And so that's why, actually, on that spiritual growth assessment, one of the first areas for healthy growth is abide in Christ, right? How are we abiding in Christ? Because it's not about our work. It's about staying connected with Christ. And if we're staying connected with Christ, then we are going to naturally bear that fruit. All right, well, let's keep looking at Galatians. So in chapter 6, verses 1 through 5 that we just read, right, he talks about, all right, examine yourself, bear one another's burdens. But then he moves on to just one, one area, to examine ourselves, and that is serving, right? Serving other people. So Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. So the, Paul just moves on to this next section. He says, Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. So one way that we kind of examine ourselves is, are are we actually serving other people? Um, And that's why one of the the categories in that spiritual growth assessment process is um, ministering to others. And this passage, this particular part of the passage, really emphasizes that doing good to others is an expression. It's an expression of all the good that God has done for us. But let's make it clear that it's, Paul also says, all right, it's not just what we do. So yeah, we need to do good to others, and we not, need to not grow weary in doing good. But he also makes it a point that it's not just what we do, it's, it's how we do it, right? We don't, we don't sow to the flesh, we sow to the Spirit. So sowing, right, that's casting seed out. It's, again, using this growing, uh, this agricultural metaphor where um, a spiritual, healthy Christ follower is going to, as he says, do good, right? Do good to everyone, especially to the household of faith. And that's an area we can examine in our lives. All right, how am I doing? Am I serving other people? And that we want to invest. We want to sow our time, our talents, uh, our, our treasures into doing good for others. That's an outflow, that Christ has given me so much. He's done so much for me. He's given his life that if I'm following Christ, if I'm going to be more like Christ, well, then I'm going to sow to that. I want to serve others as well. Uh, uh, Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus says this. He says, the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. So if we're going to be like Jesus, well, then that means we're going to grow in serving. Not just being served, 
but serving others. So it's natural. That's why in a, when we assess our spiritual growth, we said, all right, if I'm truly growing to be more like Jesus, then I'm going to see something that has to do with serving others, with, as Paul says, doing good to others, especially the household of faith. Because under the umbrella of God's grace, right, God has still created this world with a cause and effect relationship. Or as Paul says, what you reap, you sow, what you, sow, what you, wait, you reap what you sow right? So that means that if you're sowing seed, you're investing, you're, you're casting seed out, well, that, that's, the, uh, that's the cause. The effect is going to be the harvest, right? You're going to reap that. There's cause and effect relationship to the world. And so Paul is saying, all right, if the farmer wants more, in this case, corn, he's going to put more corn seed out. He's going to make sure there's fertilizer in that, um, and yes, it's still dependent on the general grace of how much rain is he going to get, and there's going to be no damaging winds. But that's the language that he's using in verse 7. He says, don't be deceived. God is not mar- mocked. Whatever one sows, that he also will reap. So we assess and we say, all right, what am I sowing to? What am I investing in in my life? And is it just to the flesh? Because he says, do not just sow to the flesh. What does that mean? It means several things, but one is, are we just investing for ourselves, for our own self-interest? Or is the time and our talents and our thoughts, everything, is it to extending God's kingdom, his desires, his agenda, or is it always just about us? Because if it's Christ-like, it's not going to be just about self-interest. Because what is Christ? He, he, although he is King of kings and Lord of lords, he did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So a part of this, a part of our spiritual growth and assessing if we're growing is going to be how are we serving others, especially the household of faith. And, you know, when I, we can look at this as, in, as individuals, but also as I look at a church, the church, our church, I get excited because, you know, many have stepped up in service here at Second Baptist Church. You know, the local church is one of the primary ways that you're going to serve the household of faith. And um, so, you know, today we had a, a fully staffed nursery. Nursery workers are stepping up. Musicians have stepped up all summer. Uh, all of, many of you stepped up and we fried Oreos together last night. There was a work day last week, you know, Awana volunteers and, and, um, and other children's programs. And so when I see this, it, it makes me excited because that means that, all right, a spiritual healthy church is not just looking at ourselves. It's looking at how can we serve our community? How can we serve one another? And so I see that bubbling up, and it makes me excited. Also, online ministry, right? Our, our service goes online, and, and, and that's wonderful, right? Is it, it's helping to reach out. But that, by the way, and if you're watching online, one of, the, one of the limitations to online ministry is that, well, it's this aspect, right? A part of our spiritual growth and health, and you'll see this in the assessment, is how do we serve one another, right? And how do we fellowship and online ministry, it's hard to serve one another. It's hard to serve in the local church. And so we're, you know, that's, it's a wonderful tool, it's, it's especially during this COVID time, but it has its limitations. But let's not look down on the online ministry either because there's plenty of folks, if you just, you know, you come, sit, soak, leave, well, that's not really any different than watching online either. And so when we assess ourselves, we have to say, am I serving, Right? And so this isn't a guilt trip. This is a call to say, all right, if you really want to ramp up your growth, 
right? Make sure you're plugged into Christ. And if you are plugged into Christ, one of the things that's going to happen is you're going to start serving other people because he was all about that. Now, of course, we can do, we can still do works of service from selfish motives, right? So sowing in the spirit, it's not just doing things for God and people, although it includes that. It's also Sowing by the Spirit also means doing things by God's power and by His love, right? So, and there's an example. Let's say, you know, you take one of these spiritual growth assessments, and you're like, hmm, yeah, I'm a little bit low on ministry to others. So then we don't start saying, all right, well, I'm going to start doing works because I will grow. I am, I am convinced I must grow, and so I'm going to do this because I want to grow, and I want to control my growth, and I want to make sure I pass this test, now, actually, that's how I kind of think, and so I'm really speaking to myself here. But no, if that's the case, we're seeking to control our growth instead of seeking the Spirit. Do you see the important difference there? That's a huge important difference where, no, I'm seeking the Spirit. I want to grow in Christ's grace. I want to grow in His power because I'm limited, and so if I'm trying to control things, no, the Spirit, you can't control him. He's, the, he's God. That's what Jesus says in John chapter 3. He says, the Spirit's like the wind. He just goes where he wants. You can't control him. But no, we want to be controlled and filled with the Spirit. So this kind of thing, it's not about, all right, I'm going to take a test so I know what I need to do, what I need to do. It's no, I'm going to sort of assess and say, all right, God, I need to plug into you more. Because I want more of you. I want you to grow in my life. So we don't assess ourselves to control growth, but to let growth in the spirit loose, to let him loose. It's like saying, all right, do I lack, again, the farmer, do I lack nutrients? All right, well, then I can do that. Uh, too much shade? We address these things. If we address these things, the plant grows naturally, Right? And so it is with sowing to the Spirit. That, again, we don't do these things to control our growth. We do these things because we understand that if we're truly plugged in, like a plant, we'll just grow naturally. It won't be our doing. It'll just be the, it, it's natural, right? So it is. If you have the Spirit of God in you because you've trusted in Jesus Christ, then if you plug into that Spirit, you will grow. So a lot of this assessment is really saying, is there anything keeping me from being plugged in? All right, and so let, me, let me just do that analogy quickly because some of you might be like, yeah, I'm not a farmer and I don't like farming. I don't know how things grow. Um, everything I try to grow dies. All right, well, then how about electronics, okay? That, you know, if, if you have a laptop computer or something like that and, you know, it's running and then it stops working, Right? You do assessments. You're like, all right, why isn't this working? You go through checks, and you want to make sure one of the first things is that it's plugged in, right? It's pl if it's plugged in, so it is with the Spirit. That's what we, we do some self-checks and say, wait a minute, am I plugged in? That, you know, I really was just running on battery, and it's all my internal battery, so no wonder it ran out after a while. That's how we are often with the Spirit is that we're not really plugged into him. We're running on our own battery. Yeah, we've done some assessments, but it's all in our own strength. And so a part of this is saying, wait, I'm going to do some checks. Am, am I plugged in? 
That's why also when we do a sound check, you know, Rich and I do sound checks and stuff. What are we doing? We're making sure, is this working? Is it, and one of the basic things is, wait, is it plugged into the system? So too, we have to say, you know, it's not about comparing my work to other people. That's not what assessment is. No, it's am I plugged into Christ? No matter what anyone else does, each one must bear his own load, but yet we bear one another's burdens. And we're like, all right, if I can help you connect, I want to do that. But I also have to start here and make sure I'm connected. All right, last thing is that this is a process. Verse 9 says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. You know, sometimes it takes a while to see growth. Um, and, you know, that's why this spiritual growth assessment process, it's a process. It takes some time to see growth. And I think we especially need to hear this in this, you know, this season of COVID, right? I mean, we're all tired. Aren't you tired of doing, of doing good? Aren't you tired of, of I mean, it's, it's, it can be exhausting, and especially, you know, where, well, when it comes to service, we can't necessarily do service like we, we did before. But we can't grow tired of doing good. We can't grow tired of always thinking, is this blessing somebody else? Is this helping someone draw closer to God? It can't just be about ourselves. It has to be about others. And in and, and due season, we will reap if we keep doing good as individuals and as a church. And, you know, this has been a difficult few years for Second Baptist Church, right? We, we have this tough transition, and then we go right into this pandemic where, again, sometimes even doing good, you don't see growth. But my friends, growing season is here. Growing season is here, and I'm confident that when the storms of COVID have passed, we will have a bumper crop. We've already seen that the Spirit is moving in us. We see as we assess our church, we start to see the evidence of God's work. And so when the storms of COVID have passed, things are really going to blow up. But we don't have to wait for that to happen. It's happening now, and it's continually happening and as we sang, God is bringing new wine from us, right? He's squeezed us the last four years, and he's continued to squeeze us in this pandemic. But if we continue to connect with God, then he is going to provide a bumper crop in our lives as individuals and as a church. I am confident of this. But again, this only happens if, as individuals... We, we seek that accountability he talks about, and we're constantly saying, am I plugged in? We constantly assess as individuals, am I plugged into God? And we take that ear of corn as a, both as a church and as individuals and say, how are those kernels going? Right? We need to keep doing that. And that's why self-assessment every year is important. That's why it's important as a church to stop and say uh, and assess ourselves. And that's what our mission statement's for, right? Worship God, love people, grow Christ followers. Because when we assess ourselves, I don't assess our churches, hey, is everybody happy? No, I assess our churches. Are we worshiping God? Are we loving people? Are we growing as Christ followers? Like that's the assessment that we do as a church, but we also do it as individuals. And then over the course of time, right, things change. And if we don't grow weary of doing good, in due season we will reap 
Because that's what real farmers, real farmers every year, the ones who are actually trying to make money on this stuff, like they do a soil test every year. They'll take a sample and they'll see what kind of fertilizer do I need? You know, is there some more nitrogen or potassium or these different things that uh, plants require? So too, we need to do that as a church and as individuals. But my friends, self-assessment, it's so important. Accountability is so important. It's crucial to spiritual growth, both as individuals and as a church. And, and so I hope, you know, that many of you will take this tool, the spiritual growth assessment process. Again, you don't need to turn in. It's about you and God. I hope it's a tool that you can use for, to help your spiritual growth. Um, but again, it must all be under the umbrella of grace. And so whether it's this or something like it, I pray that this will be a part of our planting cycle as a church and as individuals so that the Pioneer Valley will not just be known for corn, but it'll be known for Christ. And that Second Baptist Church will not just be known for a Sunday service, but service to our Lord, to our community, and to our church. Wouldn't that be wonderful if that's what we were known for? And it can't happen. But let's make sure that we keep examining the ear of our corns. And if we don't grow weary, we will have a bumper crop. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for all that you're doing among us and through us. Lord, and we thank you that we can look at our hearts at all the time, assess ourselves because it's not based on our works, Lord. It's based on your grace. And we just want to make sure there's nothing that is coming uh, in the way of us living in your spirit. And so, Lord, we, we pray that we would do that. And, Lord, we pray that as we wouldn't look at other people's fruit, we would continually look at ours, understanding, Lord, it's not about other people comparing ourselves. It's really about you. Keep our minds totally fixed on you. But then, Lord, help us so that we're always looking to help one another, bearing one another's burdens, so that together, Lord, we would be a field that's ripe for harvest, ripe with growth, but only through the power of your spirit and your grace. Help us keep that balance, Lord. Help us keep our eyes on you. In Jesus' name, amen.